Friday, January 6th, and welcome to Between the Lines. And I'm Scott. I'm Junior. We're going to get right into the reading of the scriptures. Hey, we should say this, though. You know, yeah. over the weekend, we're not, going, we're not going to do this, but we yeah. still expect you to be in scripture. Yeah, because we're not going to do Matthew 7 on Monday. We're going to be doing Matthew 9 on Monday. That's right. So we want you to read Matthew 7 on Saturday and Matthew 8 on Sunday. Stay up with your reading, and it'll be a good practice for you. If you're listening to the reading during the week, then do the reading on the weekend. It'll be so good for you. Yep. Okay, let's uh, get right into into. We're in the Sermon on the Mount, which is again such a pivotal passage. Uh, one of my favorite, probably my favorite three chapters in all the Bible. Junior, you want to get do started it. with the reading? Matthew chapter six, verse one. This is Jesus teaching. He says, "Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth." They have received all the reward they will ever get. When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your heavenly Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And I think sometimes we take this to the extreme where we we think that, man, if somebody finds out that I gave to something in a generous way, that I'm going to lose eternal reward. And that's not what Jesus was teaching. No. He was just saying that... If you do that with that intent, if right. you're, if, if you, the question I have to ask myself is, would I do this if nobody ever found out about it? Sure. That's Which is good. a good test That's for good. everything, right. for our, all of our behavior. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it when David was um, raising money for the temple, he talked about how much he was going to give. You have the Apostle Paul talking about what church gave what. Yeah. They weren't losing their, their No, and, and the purpose there was inspiration. Yeah. So David yeah. was wanting to inspire the crowds, the, the rest right. of the people, and and so there is sometimes reason for people to find out, but it's not it's not our intention because then that becomes our only reward. Yeah. So that was on giving here. Now Jesus is going to talk about prayer and fasting. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in heaven. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. It's a pray to your Father in private. Not in heaven. Is that what it's... You, yeah, did I say just, private? Yeah, you just keep reading the wrong words. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to take over the reading if you don't get this right. You could get another host in here. <laughs> <laughs> he continues on, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And I would like to point out this, that Jesus doesn't say memorize this and repeat this over and over, repeat this daily, repeat this in church every Sunday. He says, pray like this. And what I've actually done, this has helped my prayer life immensely. And I, I, I do this daily, three times a day, in fact, I, I take take apart the principles of what Jesus was praying. That uh, I used to use a use a, a an analogy of P R A Y praise repent uh, another pray for another and then pray for yourself. But I, I've actually instead gone to instead praying through the Lord's prayer in my own words. So what I do is I, I say, God, you are right and holy. Everything you do is the right thing. That's your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. I, I say, ask God to come and take over. The kingdoms of this world and take over my kingdom. I long for your return along when you're in charge. 
and I pray for his will to be done, starting in my own life. I want you to have your will to be done in my life, and that my kingdom, which is my world, that you would take over my world, provide for me whatever I need, and then I go through the list of things that I'm asking God for. And I also pray for others that have asked for special prayer requests at that time. Then I ask God to forgive me for the things that I've done, and then I actually grant forgiveness. I say, I in the same way, I plan to forgive anybody who sins against me. And anybody that I feel like I've been holding something against, I, I deal with that right then and there. So th- he actually provides for us a formula to pray well and to maintain a right relationship with God and then others. Yeah. This next verse, verse 14, will really hit you between the eyes. Jesus says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And Junior, I just want to say that I I forgive you for reading the wrong word just a few (laughs) verses ago. Verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing for us to take away from this is most Christians don't fast at all anymore, Yeah, and maybe that's something that we should talk about as a church coming up, is what, what is fasting and how we can practice this in an, an effective way. Yeah. But the theme all the way through verse 18 is always is all about intent. Uh, yep. Yep. Why don't you take from 19? Okay. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. I, by the way, I grabbed a shirt out of my closet today. It had a hole in it. Mm. And it didn't have a hole in it before, and there's no moths in my closet. But I'm guessing something. Yeah. It's a good illustration because that's how all, everything we have. Yeah. Everything is going to go away someday. Store, but there's a way to keep it. Actually, you can't take what you, what we have here with us, but we can send it on ahead. That's what he says. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, I love my my truck. I love my Ram, and I love my motorcycle, but I'm not going to have those in heaven. In fact, uh, that truck is starting to rust already, and that's probably, I don't know, six, seven years old. It was used when I bought it, but it was pretty nice, pretty nice condition, but it's starting to rust already. That's, That's everything in life. What it, it does not really matter what I have now. What does matter is how I'm generous and how I share what I have. Okay, we left off in uh, verse 21, uh, which wherever your your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will also be, which is also great teaching that, that we can control our hearts. Actually, we can direct our hearts by giving. I don't give just because I feel like giving. I give because I'm supposed to, and what happens is I start to want to give because I do it even when I don't want to. It directs our heart by giving regardless of how we feel. 22, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And the light you think you have is actually darkness. How deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Jesus is saying, you got to choose. you got to decide. What are you actually going to live for? It's going to be one or the other. You can't do both. You can't sit on the fence. That is why I tell you, verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. 
And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? It's such a good text to read when you're anxious. <laughs> I have this next verse. When I was uh, 17, I went to Romania to do a missions trip, and my luggage got lost. And I was 17. I was in the mountains of Romania. Trying to I didn't impress have, the Romanian girls. That's right. And I didn't like. I had to wear the same clothes. But my buddy gave me some really short shorts, <laughs> and I was, I was, I felt so embarrassed. And so w- the first morning I was in the mountains, I, I went out. I was like, I'll just play Bible roulette. You know what that is? Just open your Bible and yeah. just read the first verse. Kind of dumb. <laughs> not, but usually not effective. But. No, no. But this is what I did, and I read this verse right here. No joke. Verse 28 says, "And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow." They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Wow. That's when I closed my Bible and that was it for depots for the day. That's all I could take. <laughs> Great timing. Yep. Verse 31 then. So uh, don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will you wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I love that thought. He's just saying, seek God's kingdom. God will take care of your kingdom. And he's not saying, don't fulfill your responsibilities. Don't worry about working a job to make money or provide for your family. I mean, those things are covered in scriptures all over the place as well. We are to be responsible, of course. But he's saying we're not to take that next step when we start saying, well, what if I lose my job? Or what if this happens? Instead, trust God. So verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I I love that verse. I use it a lot in counseling because none of us have the capacity to handle tomorrow's problems. We all have the capacity to handle today's problems. We don't think we do, and a lot of times we can't handle today's problems because we're used. We, we're also adding onto today's problems everything that we're thinking about in the future, which means we don't have the energy to deal with what we're supposed to deal with right now. So Jesus is saying, forget about tomorrow right now. You concentrate on today, and God's going to give you the wherewithal to take care of it. All right, well, let's get into the Proverbs 6. Uh, so Proverbs 6... And, um, I get. Oh, it's my turn. Uh, it's your turn to do proverbs. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's uh, good stuff here. Let me just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is one I, I was sharing actually with our audio guy Jack here, who's helping us with the audio here. How this changed my life when I was uh, in high school. I began reading proverbs back when I was 18, and I used to love the snooze button because it felt so good to go back to sleep. And it says in verse nine, uh, "But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up?" A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit, and scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. I got rid of my... I've never used a snooze control since. I've never... I don't think in my entire life since then have I hit the snooze button. Hmm. As uh, It just said, hey, don't look for... I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm not saying it's sinful. <laughs> my wife loves the snooze. Your mom loves the snooze button. Hmm. And, and I'm not saying that she's wrong. It's just for me, it was like I didn't want that that looking for that pleasure. And I just wanted to add this little bit of discipline. I don't need a little extra sleep. Again, principles of Proverbs, be disciplined and yeah. through that discipline, that you'll find success in life. Hey, the takeaway for me from from uh, Matthew chapter six, though, yeah. is just really a whole chapter about generosity and the mm-hmm. sense of relational generosity when it comes to forgiveness, mm. or just being generous in, in general. And then he talks about don't worry. So be generous and, and don't worry. Oh. How can you be generous today? 
Who's maybe somebody that you've been withholding forgiveness from that you just need to let go of that and, and go to God, as you talked about in your, in your praying, Dad, as you just go to God with yeah. who you need to forgive? But who can you be generous with today? That's a great question, a great way for us to close. Whether you're driving your car, you're on the train, do something about that right now. Make up your mind how you're going to put this into practice today. Hey, thanks for joining us once again. This is Between the Lines. Right. We're really glad you joined us. We want you to be back again on Monday, but do your reading faithfully the next couple and of days. And make it to church. Get to church, do your devos over the weekend, and we will see you Monday morning. God bless. God bless.